I'm J-Lo. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't have a nickname like that. Ahe. 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 R. Gray. Alley Cat. <laughs> Risto Cat. I'm Jasmine. I'm Melissa. I'm Rhiannon. And this is Books, Books Between, Between Sisters. Sisters. say j-lo if you're out there listening please don't sue me my name really is j-lo jasmine lopez i mean she did it first so yeah i don't know is it trademarked i don't know can anybody just call themselves (laughs) j-lo i mean i don't know why not yeah j-lo it's my handle too j-lo.love apparently i am a he (laughs) which is horrible (laughs) I'm R- not cute. Gray? R- R- gray. It's like R- RJ, gray. but R gray. I like it. I think we should stick with it. You're just arg. 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 Ella says ah. Ah. I like ahi. 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 JLo, ahi, and arg. That's our names. Well, welcome back. How's everybody doing? Good. It's been a week. Yeah. I'm about to go on vacation. I'm feeling good. Ooh, where are you going? We are doing an Alaskan cruise. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. I've heard those are beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited. It's Have gonna... you checked the weather? Um, Yeah, we did recently. I think it was going to be like high 50s, low 60s. So Ugh. it's going to be, yes, sweatshirt weather. Yeah, don't be rushing that. We mm. still have a little summer left. Oh. Okay. I well, don't care that it's September. Yeah, but this is the last month they do Alaskan cruises. Oh. Just don't bring okay. it back with you. When you bring what back? The oh, the, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I am just getting so annoyed seeing people's pumpkin spice latte posts and all of that stuff. It is still summer until September 22nd, I'm pretty sure, is the date. So let's not be rushing that. I'm fine with it. I really like pumpkin spice. (laughs) No, it's summer. How you doing, Ree? Doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah. How's the new job going? It's going pretty well. Everyone's really nice and really helpful to each other. So I feel like it's a really, really nice place to work at. Good. Nice. That's always a plus. Yeah. Always a good thing. What about you, Jazz? What have you been up to? I have... I read three books this week. Wow. I, I was steamrolling them. I read All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers. Have you guys heard of that one yet? Mm-mm. It is really, really good. I recommend it. However, it scared me. I finished it Monday, Monday night, and I finished it and I was so shook. Like it's been a while since I've read a book that I was like, holy cow, like mind blown. And then I'm like, I need to watch something not scary. Dev, can you turn on the the TV? We turned on Bob's Burgers and (laughs) I could, I'm like, 
Dev, can you go turn on the living room light? And I could not fall asleep. I was so scared. And it's not even... It's funny because it is a suspenseful, like, kind of... like You know, like, it's like books that we've been reading. It just shook me. I don't know why. Is it one that it, like, kind of leaves it up to your imagination a little bit? Those Um, are the worst because my imagination just goes wild. It it does and it doesn't. So... I think we should read it on the podcast, or not read it on the podcast, but we should discuss it because she, um, so Ashley Flowers, she is the owner, I think that's what you would call it, of Audio Chuck, which is a podcasting um, what uh, creator, um, and she does true crime podcasts. So one of her mm-hmm. big ones is Crime Junkie, and she talks about cold cases and, and true crime um, murders and all of that. And so she wrote this book with that background and it's not a nonfiction book. It's a fiction book, but it's really good. Dang. It's really good. Hmm. I'm curious. Know. I'm really interested. I <laughs> I'm <not. laughs> yeah. Just That's- don't read it when you're going to be alone. <laughs> That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to read, uh, the couple next door is because I heard that it scared some people. So oh, I was like, mm, no. Yeah, huh. and then I read it. I was like, this wasn't scary at all. No, I was it so wasn't. disappointed. <laughs> no, I mean it is scary in the aspect of the child gets taken. I mean that's yeah. scary for any parent. For like, but yeah, it's, but not, it's like not like a you're gonna keep like, you up yeah. at night. No, that yeah, that's all I'll say about it. Just, but I. I think we should bring it into the podcast at some point. But Devin was so mad at me because I just could not go to sleep. And then I don't know if I was having like a like a sleep deprivation dream or what, but I swore that I smell, smelled smoke. And so I woke him up because he had fallen asleep. And I'm like, Devin, I smell smoke like something's on fire. And so he gets up begrudgingly and he's looking out the windows and he goes outside and he's like, I don't see anything, but he smelled it. So it wasn't just me, Hmm. but yeah, we, I have no idea what that was, but it was a long night guys. (laughs) I feel like your anxiety just like made you uh, feel a certain way about something. And so you smelled the smoke and you were like automatically like, ah, something's going to hurt me. Something's going to hurt something. And you just like got really flustered because of it. It's so funny. Like, why is it that after you finish reading something like that, you're like, I'm definitely getting murdered tonight. Yeah. You're like, (laughs) fine. Our imaginations. Yeah. See, the reason why I don't read a lot of stuff that, that that's that intense is because I have, I don't, I know there's a word for it and I don't remember what it was. I looked it up, but I used to get these, like, it's this thing that happens when you're going you're starting to fall asleep, but you're not fully asleep. Yes. And so then it's like you're you're seeing whatever room you're in, your bedroom or whatever. Yeah. Are you talking and about And you lucid see dreams? like a shadow or something like a figure walking by. Ooh, I've not had that. I've had that. It's the scariest thing ever. Like the uh, first time I had it was like right after AJ and I got married. And I don't even know what triggered it, but I was about to fall asleep and I see our room and just this shadow just like running across the room. I wake up so quickly. Devin, I got to sleep with the lights on. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Devin. No, but yeah, I get those just every once in a while. It doesn't happen all the time, but and there's it's like a whole thing. Like I looked I it up and everything. I have had that. Wow, I've had where you know you're halfway falling asleep and then it feels like you're falling, and so it jerks you awake. I get that too. Yeah, but I haven't had anything where shadows are running through my room. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's like it's almost like you start dreaming, but because you're not fully awake, it's like you see the dream. Like, and yeah, it's Ugh. super creepy. I was up and like the first time it happened, I was alone because AJ was at work. It was when we were on opposite schedules. So he worked during the day. I worked at night and I literally like got up and I ran out of the room and called him and I was like, I need you to come home. (laughs) Oh no. I was so scared. I thought somebody was in the house. Yeah. Because at the time he worked as a maintenance technician. So he was literally like on the property. He was just nice. Yeah. So he, he came up and was like, are you good? I was like, I need you to go through this house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. How many times have you had that? Um, like it, Again, it doesn't happen too often, but I want to say it's happened like maybe three or four times. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just Have randomly. You had that? Nope. Oh my gosh! I don't know. Like I honestly don't know what triggers it because I can watch something scary and it not happen, and then sometimes I can like watch something. I'll watch something scary and it will. So I don't know why. It's like Russian roulette. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it's not even after I watch something scary. It's just random. I don't know. I don't mm. get it. I've seen things like that out of the corner of my eye that aren't there. Mm. That's creepy. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be, I don't know, I'll be doing something and I'll just, like, feel like something is, like, beside me. No, almost. no, no, no. And, <sighs> like, I see something moving, basically, and I look and there's nothing there. I looked that up, too, and apparently that is also common in a lot of people. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, to stay on theme with our our book today. Let's, yes, move along here. (laughs) Um, Well, we are finishing off the second half of The Couple Next Door. So we left off last week with finding out that Marco had arranged the kidnapping of his daughter, Cora. And he was meeting to exchange money for getting Cora back and... He shows up, Cora is not there, and he gets knocked out, the money's stolen, and now he's, you know, the police came, because he he called them, right? He called the police, and... No, yeah, Richard did. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, we're talking about uh, when they did the ransom exchange? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he gets knocked out. He got knocked out, and then, oh, and then Richard got impatient because it was taking so long, yeah. so they called the police, yeah. Oh, gotcha. um, so, Roshbach has came, and he's, you know, very convinced that Marco had set this up, and it just went wrong, um, and Marco's maintaining his innocence with Detective Roshbach, despite the fact that Roshbach is not, he just is seeing right through Marco. He knows that... Marco has definitely kidnapped Cora, but I don't think he knows what the full plan was. And he's also realizing that, you know, like I just said, Marco has botched it up somehow. Yeah, it's kind of interesting going into the second half. Um, I 
I think it started off with um, them going in for interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they get brought down to the station. Yeah, yeah. so when Roshbach was uh, interviewing Marco, I almost was like, oh, how crazy would it be if Roshbach was actually in on this? I had suspicions of that, too. Yeah. Like, is this, yeah. Because the way that he interviewed Marco is like, he almost like switched because during that whole interview, it was talking about how at first he was like, kind of felt sorry for Marco and was being really nice to him. And then it just kind of switched where Marco's perspective was, oh, he's really irritated. He's like grabbing the back of his neck. He's, you know, clearly upset. And I was like, is it because of how Marco handled it? Like, are they like teamed up together? And he's just like, man, you just screwed this whole thing up type thing. Yeah. So I, for, for um, a good minute, I was like, "Mm, that would be interesting if it was just like, well, Marco's been frustrating me all the way up until this point already, but I get even more frustrated because I'm like, okay, you already know that your plan is not going the way that it was supposed to go. So you have your baby daughter. You have no idea where she's at. You All you know is you got knocked out when you were supposed to get your baby girl back, and you're still not going to admit your involvement in this And I get not wanting to get in trouble, whatever, but you are withholding information now that could be helping them get her back. Well, that's another reason why I thought maybe Ross Bach was in on it, because uh, Marco said he looked at him and his desire to confess dissolved. And I was like... Hmm. Is it because like at first he was like, oh, I'm going to confess and whatever. And then I'm like, maybe he's his partner. So he looked at him and he's like, oh, I'm not you know, I'm not going to screw this up any further. Yeah. So that's why another reason why I was like, Ooh, huh. That's another theory. Yeah. Did you have any suspicions of Rossbach at all? Um, maybe for like a second, but I not really like to me, he just seemed like a really good detective Mm -hmm. and he figured things out really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, not (laughs) to any of the help of the other people who are withholding so much information from him. I found that actually really funny is after they would do something, then they'd call him and he'd be like, why wasn't I told about this? And they're like, well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, in my notes, I have like on page 220, um, that I thought maybe it like the grandparents set something up. Um, so I thought, the grandparents for a while. And then <laughs> somewhere in my notes, I don't remember where, Oh, page three eleven. I didn't really think like too fully on this one, but I was like, what if it was the cleaning lady? Cause they said that they had a cleaning lady that would come in and clean their house. And then they, um, at the beginning of the book, they mentioned that the baby vomit was cleaned up. So I was like, what if it was the cleaning lady? <laughs> I mean, like she did her job. <laughs> Ooh, she did her job. What if she's in on it? <laughs> Like, well, nobody else would have been in the house, so what if she, like, took the baby? That's funny. But yeah, no, other than, it was basically just, like, the grandparents who I kind of suspected. Which I'm surprised that they, it was talking about how they were going to hire a lawyer for them, and I'm like, don't rich people just have lawyers, like, on retainer? retainer, Yeah. Um, Well, in the book, we also find that... Anne starts having suspicions about Marco and specifically about Cynthia and Marco together. 
she's still maintaining, you know, her thought that they're having an affair together. But she also thinks that maybe because Cynthia hates Cora and hates children in general, that maybe, you know, they did something to get rid of her together or so that or so that Anne was losing both her husband and daughter. So she is like frantically searching for something. She says she doesn't know what she's looking for, but she's just looking for, you know, something that she knows Marco is hiding. While Anne is being questioned, Roshbach's like, okay, there's one thing that I can't figure out is that babysitter that was supposed to be there that night. How would Marco have done all of this if the babysitter would have showed up? And so he asks, asks Anne about, you know, the babysitter. Would you recommend your babysitter? And Anne's like, no, I wouldn't recommend the babysitter. (laughs) She falls asleep with earbuds in and listening to music. And I just had to sit there and I'm just like, what is wrong with these people? Like they, first of all, leave the baby by herself and Mm -hmm. go next door And then all the meanwhile, they don't even like their babysitter. Like she falls asleep and has earbuds in. Anything could happen. Like what's the point of having the babysitter? Exactly. Like there's no difference of going next door and just leaving your baby by it herself. If your babysitter's not even watching or aware of her surroundings. Yeah. I'm just, it's this, the ridiculousness of some of the things (laughs) in this book. Um, the other thing too is Roshbach is um, not convinced that Aunt, like he doesn't think Anne was in on getting rid of Cora or anything like that, but he thinks that maybe because of her postpartum depression and then some of the other stuff that he heard about, you know, Anne's problem in school, maybe she accidentally killed Cora and then Marco got rid of her body to, you know, cover for Anne. Uh, So he's trying to figure that out as well. But we finally find out what Cynthia and Graham have on their video, which is showing Marco bringing Cora out to the garage and leaving without her. And Cynthia gets the idea to blackmail Marco with the video. Behind Graham's back. Because Graham does not want to do that because he could... And it could end his career, and he doesn't want to risk that. So this is what I didn't get. Couldn't they turn in that video, and it still looks like she's coming on to Marco, which I guess just does catch Cynthia in a lie, but it doesn't look like they're doing anything nefarious. It just looks like they have security on their back porch. Well, not only that, but they caught Marco um, handing the baby off before all of the, they did all this stuff. So they didn't need to show them. Well, they probably probably have to give up the full video. And I guess my only thought was like, maybe the reason why is because the police would maybe ask for more footage to see if anything else happened mm. a few weeks before. But what does that have to do with anything? I just, yeah. I was like, it doesn't look, I mean, you can just pass it off as this is security on my back porch. Well, they probably didn't want to draw any attention to themselves either. Because what if they have, like, keep the tapes and they have all that in their house somewhere and they didn't want an investigation and, like, it was just going to be a whole thing. He probably was like, I don't want to risk losing my career over this. If I get pulled too far into Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, maybe. Um, The next thing we find out is that Marco's accomplice who he knew as Bruce Neeland, but we find out is Derek Kennick. 
Is that what it was? Derek Honig. Um, He has been murdered. He's been found murdered. And he is the one that is supposed to have Cora. So now... I knew he was dead. (laughs) How'd you know? Um, I just... Because... When the first half they were talking about how Marco was trying to get a hold of him and he wasn't answering his phone and because mm-hmm. he was supposed to call right after and um, ask for a ransom demand and he just wasn't able to get a hold of him at all. So um, then they finally ended up getting the onesie in the mail. Yeah. And that was not the plan at all. And I just knew there was something that was wrong. Yeah. So I... and. I didn't know for sure that he was dead, but I was pretty confident because why wouldn't he at least contact Marco to let him know? My thought was that he just decided to not stick with the plan and keep all the money to himself. So he, you know, went off script a little bit. Yeah. But obviously not. Obviously, you were right. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> um Marco still doesn't want to give himself away, even after the person that's supposed to have his daughter is found dead murdered Mm -hmm. why would you not just at this point be like i screwed up big time i just want my daughter to be alive let's try to get her as soon as possible so that there's a better chance that we'll find her alive but no he decides to come up with this plan to try to connect Derek, aka bruce with the kidnapping without giving away his involvement in it So he shows Anne the newspaper that is showing, you know, talking about this murder, has a picture of uh, Derek in it. And Anne says, oh, yeah, I think he looks familiar. I just don't know from where I've seen him before. And uh, Marco's thinking, great, awesome. So I'll have Anne on board to back me up that this guy looks familiar. And he goes to uh, Detective Roshbach and says that he thinks that he's seen this guy hanging around the neighborhood and thinks that maybe he had something to do with Cora's kidnapping. And we also know that Derek's uh, murder is personal because when they were talking about it, he says um, they, I think, a detective Roshbach goes up and he's talking to the other police officer or in that county or whatever. And he says, it looks a bit personal the way he was struck repeatedly with the spade. I mean, he was good and dead. So it was definitely not just a random mugging or, you know, somebody just happened to like find him with money or, or anything like that. Um, this was something that They wanted him gone. Yeah, they wanted him gone. So you can kind of um, expect it to be part of the... uh, um, I cannot think of how I'm I'm trying to... Like somebody they know? Yeah, like somebody who's actually in on this whole scheme. Yeah. Ransom scheme, so... Yeah, well, um, I have more to say on that. But before we do that, a little bit before this next part of the book... Uh, we have a relatable moment with Anne, and I feel like that's kind of far and few between. I did not have any particular closeness, close feelings <laughs> to any of these characters. I don't know how to express that, but a relatable moment where Anne is feeling anxious, and so she has to start cleaning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I've been there before. I definitely have anxious moments where I'm like, I want to do nothing. But when something really big has happened in my life, 
I just wanted to clean. I wanted to reorganize. I wanted to do all of that stuff. And so that's what Anne is doing is she's cleaning a ton and she stumbles upon Marco's disposable. Is that what it's called? Disposable phone? Mm-hmm. Um, burner, what's the other word? Burner, burner phone. phone. Yeah. Um, and it's hidden in a grate. And she's not able to get it unlocked, but this was a not relatable moment where I'm like, Anne, bring the phone to the police. Come on, people. Just all you have. This is this will solve all your problems if you just start talking to the police (laughs) when you find things and nobody wants to do that. They always want to figure it out on their own. And I'm like, if I have my child involved, I'm not leaving anything up to chance, you guys, like especially if you have nothing to do with what happened, which Anne doesn't. And so it's like, come on, Anne. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> yeah. Am I the I, only one on the soapbox? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, I feel like the situation is a little bit more complicated because it is her husband and she's kind of going back and forth and believing whether he's a part of it or hiding something. And, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, sorry, Devin, sorry. <laughs> if you were to, if I were to suspect that you were involved in any way, I. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> I get it, though. I'm, you know, I've I've never been there, I guess. So I'm sure it is, you know, a moral dilemma that you have to deal with. And you see it in real life, you know, true crime. They mm-hmm. talk about trying to hide, cover things up for their family. So, yeah. Um, Roshbach no longer suspects Anne. So because Marco came and brought him the information about Derek, he it just solidified Marco's involvement in Roshbach's mind, but took Anne out of it. And he believes that Derek and Marco work together, assumes for money, obvious, you know, motivator. And he believes that Marco loves Cora and doesn't want her hurt. And he's, you know, obviously freaking out now that things are falling apart and not working out the way that he expected it to. And um, Cynthia then reaches out to Marco to do her blackmail scheme. I thought Cynthia was going to die right then and there. What do you guys think? When, uh, with, you think Marco? Marco? With Marco, yeah. I know. It was a little... I I was a little bit on edge. I was like, oh, Marco's mad. Yeah. He's not having it. And her little creepy like, personality liking, is yeah, like, like she she's liking like, the danger or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Smiling and like, what are you going to do, Marco? I'm like, you should not be playing with your life like that. Yeah. I uh, she's a she's a freak. Mm-hmm. Um, but she tells Marco what she wants for blackmail later on and decides to confront Cynthia because of the phone but you missed something what I missed Mark when Marco comes out of Cynthia's oh yes and sees him coming out and confronts him and is like what were you doing are you having an affair and why hide this from why hide it in the first place is what I don't know because he when she reaches out to him, he's like, okay, I don't want Anne to know that I'm going over there and I don't want reporters to know, but he doesn't even know what the conversation's going to be about. Yeah. So like, well, why are you trying to hide it from Anne? He might've had suspicions that it was about that night and her coming on to him. Cause I don't think they had talked about it at that point. 
that's when he kind of confronted her and was like, you lied to the police about what happened. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, no, I did lie. You're right. Yeah. So maybe he had a feeling that was all that it was about, but he didn't want Anne to know that. But my confusion is he would rather, well, I can kind of understand why he would rather Anne think that he's having an affair than be part of their, you know, baby's kidnapping. But still, I'm like, (laughs) why you couldn't come up with something? A reason why you were coming out of her house, except for yeah, right. I'm having an affair, but it's not with her, the person who I just came out of the house. Like, <laughs> so my question is, what were you doing there, yeah. Marco? <laughs> and she doesn't come back to that right away, which was confusing. But I think she's just so angry at that point because at that point she runs back into the house and she grabs the phone. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What is? What is this? I yeah. found this phone." Is this what how you're communicating with Cynthia to cheat on me? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not with Cynthia. It's with somebody else. You know, he he sticks with that. And Anne leaves because she's just so frustrated about this whole situation. And Marco stays behind and he's looking at the phone and he notices some missed calls. And when he redials that phone number, who is it? There's a familiar voice. Grandfather. Richard. Grandfather. Grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or his father-in-law, I guess. The Cora's grandfather. Yeah, it's Richard. Richard. So he explains to Marco that the kidnappers got in touch with him, which I'm like, that makes no sense. That's what I thought, too. I was like... What? Well, yeah, and when um, he picks up the phone, he says, I was wondering when you were going to call. He was, like, expecting Marco to call him, which was very strange. Well, and he says it's because the kidnappers left a note, or told him, I don't know, told him in some way that Marco was involved. In a note, I think. Yeah. And so, basically, he's insinuating that the kidnappers told me that you're communicating on this phone, so... I was waiting for you. But like, why would they send you their burner phone? That's what I thought. It makes no sense. Right? <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, yeah. Well, before we keep going, let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll keep talking. So at this point, did you guys suspect Richard? I already did from page 220. 220? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what 220. was 220? Was that halfway through? That <laughs> was, yeah, it was the second half. It was like when Roshbach went to the cabin to check out um, Derek being murdered. And it was when the policeman basically said it was personal I was like, who else would it be besides the grandparents? Like, nobody else has a personal relationship with them. I did for a second think it might be Anne as well, because she, like, has those blackout moments. I was like, well, maybe she blacked out and just didn't realize she killed him. Yeah. But I was like, the literally the only other people who it could be is the grandparents. Yeah. Well, I did suspect Richard a little bit earlier in the book when they were talking about... Um, 
wherein they were saying that it wasn't his money. It was, they kept they saying made that it, it was Alice's money. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and that's when I was first like, hmm, maybe Richard wants to take some of the money and leave. And I, but I'd never had like a super strong suspicion of Richard. I, it was just kind of like a, hmm, that's kind of weird that they're bringing that out. And maybe this is a theory possibly that it could be. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, this is where I'm really getting frustrated with this book, to be honest, because we already know Marco's involved and we know Anne is not involved because we've heard enough from Marco. We know he has his accomplice that's murdered. We know Anne, at least to me, I'm like, we already know Anne is not involved, but we keep having to hear about how she thinks she's, you know, we have these huge long pages about her thinking she killed Cora. She thinks she might have blacked out and she can't remember. We find out that she actually slapped her. She slaps her. Slaps her, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, And she's just getting more and more convinced because of that. You know, she's hit her sometimes and she thinks she might have hurt Cora and that, you know, Marco did do something to help cover it up. And we find out she was diagnosed with dissociative disorder when she was young. I just feel like this was unnecessary at this point. Like, it's interesting, I guess, that she has this history. But we know it has nothing to do with the kidnapping. We it, Like, it literally has nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. So I'm just kind of getting annoyed. And I think that's, again, I think that that Marco being involved was revealed way too early. I guess I understand what the author was trying to do with revealing it early because it's like, oh, there's, you know, it's not done though. More elements. Yeah. It ruined it for me though, Mm, I think. Really? Yeah. I, um, pivoting just a little bit, I, the other book that I read this week was Someone We Know by Sherry Lapina. So the same author and, she executed it way better mm. in in that book of you know keeping the suspense going, um, revealing things at the right time, and still you know propelling the story along. I just lost interest in Anne's part of it um, mm. once See, we knew Marco was the one. I was a little bit of the opposite on this. Like I definitely wanted to knew, know what happened to Baby Cora, but. I was like, wow, Anne is really getting stressed out. Just things keep happening. She has this history. Something's going to happen. I just had this feeling like there's she's going to break. Like, I didn't because, think of it that way. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what the author was trying to do was because she has this history and like all like there's all these secrets that are being held from her. You know, Richard didn't tell her about you know, having the phone or anything. Marco hasn't told her about his involvement in it. I'm like, these things are going to come out and she's going to just... Just bubbling up. Yeah, just bubbling up. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too when it first came out in the story is when they did the flashback and uh, the friends that was there of the girl who got, you know, smashed against the wall, when they told that entire story, I was like, they're bringing this up for a reason. Yeah. One way or another... Anne is going to break and it's, she's going to do it again. It's just a matter of who she's going to do it to. Yeah. Well, and I know we haven't got to the end of our discussion yet of this book, but I think even knowing how this ends, it wasn't a well, it wasn't a big enough thing. 
mm-hmm. the end either. We'll get there. But yeah. I I did miss the mark on what you guys picked up on, and it just ended up frustrating me because yeah. I didn't look at it that way. I just looked at it as, like, this is wasting my time. Like, tell me what happened to Cora. Right. Let's it's just like go a home, diversion. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just a filler is what it felt like. Yeah. Um, but we also are getting some more information about Marco and, um, backstory with Derek. And is there anything I missed before I get into the backstory with Marco and Derek? Um, I mean, I guess I was just going to bring out like, um, the reason why she got diagnosed was actually because she saw her dad die of a heart attack when she was only four years old that's that's very stressful like that kind of gives you some insight into why she has these issues and because that's that's crazy for a four-year-old to have to go through that yeah so I I kind of appreciated that part of it because it did kind of like play into her story and that's why another reason why I was like "Mm, yeah she's definitely gonna have some kind of breakdown and that was another moment where I'm like you're wasting my time (laughs) (laughs) so what your dad died when you were four (laughs) I don't care I want to know what happened to Cora (laughs) they kept confusing me though because um so they said that her dad died but then they kept calling Richard her dad instead of her stepdad and so at first that was like really like playing with my head I was like but her dad died. Like every time they would say her dad, I was like, but he's dead. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anything Ray, before we move on? Mm-mm, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she also, sorry. One last thing. She also admitted to breastfeeding Cora after having a few glasses of wine. Yeah. How irresponsible. Wait, through this entire book, <laughs> You kind of just find out that Marco and Anne should not be parents. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so get baby Cora back and give her to somebody who is going to take care of her. Yeah. Call child services. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Marco's backstory with Derek, we get a little bit more information of how these two came together. Because as far as we know... They were strangers, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what it was. Um, Marco was dealing with his business, having financial issues, and so he started going to a bar, drinking, and then he would go down by the river that's in their neck of the woods. And he runs into Bruce and strikes up a conversation with him, Bruce, a.k.a. Derek, and um I'm just going to refer to him as Bruce because that's how Marco knows him. Bruce encourages Marco to ask for the loan from Anne's parents to help with the the financial issues he's experiencing. And this is something we talked about last week. Like, why didn't Marco just ask for more money? And we find out it's because he actually did. He did mm-hmm. go to Richard And Richard flat out said, no, we're not giving you any more money. Like, you're a bad investment. We're not wasting any more money on you. And I know in the last podcast, I said how much of an ego he had for not going to Richard. 
yeah, I still stand by that <laughs> <laughs> because he still handled it in like the worst way possible. The worst way possible. Yeah. yeah. He ends up, you know, being mad that Richard said no. So he goes to drink some more and he goes by the river and guess who's waiting there? Bruce. And Bruce is the one who comes up with the kidnapping plan. So we've got major red flags with Bruce. Obviously, he took part in this plan to start with, but we find out that he had a bit, very big part in it by way of actually suggesting it. I'm just like, Marco, why would you even buy into the... I mean, I guess he's just that desperate. And he talks about how you know he was drinking, but when it wears off, like you can change your, your mind, That's you know, what I was thinking too. Cause he was like, Oh, I had like a few drinks and then we drink some more and, you know, and that's what he was pinning it on. I'm like, okay, but the alcohol still wears off. You still had like two days or whatever yeah. to think about. Or one day. I thought it was the, the next, next day. day. Or the yeah. Ne- well, yeah. either way, it's like, you still had time to think about what he was doing before he actually did it. The yeah. hangover was real bad. Well, <laughs> and that's why I was like, Really, Marco, you thought that a plan that you put together with some stranger that when you were drunk and you literally didn't have any time really to put it together, you did it the following day, was going to work? Like, why would you think that would work? Not only that, but you literally just went to your father-in-law and asked for money. You didn't think that was going to raise some red flags to your father-in-law that the next day your child, uh, yeah, your child goes missing and there's a ransom that's asked for that, like right after you just asked him for money the day before. Maybe in a normal situation it would have. Right. But I'm like, but in Marco's point of view, like you didn't think like, why would you think that the timing of that is good? Yeah. (laughs) Like Marco's not smart. No, he's not. (laughs) And all these things are backfiring on him. I was like, oh, really? That's not surprising. Like, <laughs> any other rational human being would have been like, oh, yeah, this is not this a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that's the backstory with, with that. You know, that he struck up that friendship, and now they go into cahoots together. They're deciding to split the ransom money that they're going to get. And bada bing, bada boom. Marco's business is going to be saved. Bruce walks away happy. They jump, they skip into the sunset together after Cora comes back. (laughs) Um, Anne is getting more and more angry with Cynthia. So she's just, you know, as you guys were talking about, she's bubbling up a lot. And she's just thinking about how Cynthia flirts with Marco, how she hates kids and didn't, you know, it's her fault that Cora wasn't with them that night because she didn't want kids there. And so Anne decides it's time to confront Cynthia. And Anne just flat out asks Cynthia, are you, yeah. Okay, before, before we talk about what they talked about, she, the way that Anne goes about it is kind of weird because she like goes through the backyard but she like stands at a distance and stares at Cynthia (laughs) in her house for like a few minutes (laughs) and then she decides to go and knock on the back door and I was like that's first of all that's super creepy (laughs) (laughs) but I also thought that she would have broke at this point like I thought because of what was happening that she would have just like blacked out and tried to kill Cynthia Mm -hmm. here yeah too 
I was the the whole way that they were writing it made it seem like she's gonna break at any second. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, from both points of view, when we were with Marco and Cynthia, and now when we're with Anne and Cynthia, they're both talking about how like they're losing it and they could just you know kill her right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Cynthia's on thin ice. She's um, playing with her life too. I don't I'm like, and she I would likes stay it. out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Cynthia denies having an affair with Marco, but she's like, you don't even know what's really going on. And so she ends up showing Anne the video and now there's confirmation to Anne that Marco is involved in the kidnapping. So she goes and she packs up a bag and she shows up at her parents' house cause she's, you know, leaving Marco. But right before she, you know, walks down the driveway, she suddenly remembers where she'd seen the man in the newspaper before. Why she decided to go back to Marco at that point, I'm not quite clear. Why wouldn't you just like, you're at your parents' house, you're like, oh, I've, you know, seen this guy before, let's call the police. But she decides to go back to Marco. Maybe because Anne still doesn't know that he had a part in it. In the, did she? She knows Marco did. Yeah. Cynthia just showed her the video. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. For some reason, my mind is all jumbled up. Yeah. So she did know. But when she remembered that he... Is it okay if I explain a little bit further? Yeah. So when she figures out that he was connected with her father, it... That's okay. Okay. I'm sorry. That's why I wanted to ask first. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. Um... It it was the reason I think that she went back is because, OK, now she knows that because this man was dead and he has a direct relation with her father. She's seen him at their house at their house. Yeah. yeah. Um, she felt like her father was more of a threat, maybe than Marco, because she went back home to Marco, but she was also armed. So maybe she... <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. She just had a huge, large knife in her hand as she's sitting in the dark and Marco comes home. That's all. But, but like, maybe she thought that her father... Because she... I don't know. The way that I see it, I feel like she thought that her father was maybe more of a threat than Marco was at that time. Maybe, but like she maybe even... Maybe pulling the strings. Yeah. yeah, but she even still was rationalizing, like, maybe this guy just knows my dad has money and my, you know, he has nothing to do. With, my dad has nothing to do with it. So, but, but maybe he, that was just really big in the back of her mind. Where yeah. She, yeah. Cause I feel like she crumbled once Marco started giving off like facts of why he might be Richard. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, you're right. You're right. And she like crumbled. Like she still thought about it, but she still, I think in the back of her mind, like you said, she kind she of knew there was some connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because as Rhiannon's explaining, you know, Anne goes back, she has the huge knife in her hand, and she's like, this is protection, because I know you're involved. Cynthia showed me the video. And she does tell Marco that she recognized the man from the newspaper was a friend of her stepfather's. Like, she'd seen him around their property growing up. And this is when the gears start locking in Marco's brain of, wait a minute, Derek, a.k.a. Bruce approached me he is the one that urged me to ask for money from richard he's the one that came up with the kidnapping plan 
And Richard. Richard is behind it. Is the one who answered the burner phone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he tells Anne about that, which is part of his, you know, convincing her that your father-in-law, or your stepfather, I mean, has something to do with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was involved, but not with your dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. So they don't know if... Um, they don't know for a fact if Richard is, is involved. I thought it was kind of funny, though, that um, Marco, when she said that she had seen him over at her uh, parents' house, he was like, oh, so you did actually recognize him. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was just the power of suggestion. <laughs> yeah, Marco, you're not that convincing. Sorry. <laughs> he was so confused. Yeah. So they decide to confront Richard about it. And what's really funny is, and it's like, okay, keep your cool around my dad. We're not going to, you know, come right out and say it. And then they show up at her parents' house and she's like, where's Where's my baby? Where's my baby? And she's just freaking out. Going through the whole house. Which would totally be me. I'd be like, okay, let's be stoic about this. And then I'd totally like lose it (laughs) as soon as I'm there. Well, when she got to the house and she starts... Like, basically, she breaks down and starts, like, yelling, where's my kid? Where's all this? Just the... Okay, so the fact that, for one, she was like, we need to go over there right now and confront him. And all that, I was like, that was just really weird. Because you were just over there, and then you came back. And now you're like, oh, we need to go over there. And I was like, is she trying to lure Marco? Is this whole family just crazy? Yeah. I thought it was like they were. she was trying to lure Marco over to her parents' house, and they were all just going to turn on him or something. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, it kind get of out. Seemed that way. It kind of seemed that way. When they showed up at her parents' house, Richard's denying knowing Derek, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Bruce. And Richard's pinning the whole thing on Marco. And Anna's saying nothing. And even when Marco's like, you recognized him, right? She's not saying anything. And Marco is pinning it on Richard. At this point, he's pretty sure that Richard, you know, Richard is involved in this. And he's thinking that it's, you know, a setup of the whole family Mm -hmm. because they want to get Marco out of the picture, get him sent to jail. And... He's just freaking out. Although this entire time, Alice is like super quiet. Yeah, she Alice doesn't really say, say the mom yeah. much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Richard's just like, dude, you're done for. Let's call the police. Tell them everything. You know. And so Detective Rushbach comes over, and, and I thought he was in on it too. I was like, oh, they're <laughs> bringing him in. <laughs> they're all coming for you, Marco. Run, <laughs> poor Marco, but not really because you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, Richard ends up explaining about the phone situation, him getting the phone and the note from the kidnappers, but doesn't mention Marco and detective Rushbuck leaves and Richard's like, see, you know, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, Marco here. You know, we're just trying to find baby Cora. That's it. But we also get into Rushbuck's mind and Rushbuck's like, he knows Richard lied because he said he got a phone call from the kidnappers but Rashbag has Richard has been a suspect on Rashbag's list since the beginning, and he had his phone tapped, and he knows that he never got a phone call from mm-hmm. the kidnappers. Played yourself, Richard. Played yourself. And Alice, the mom, is also 
knowing that Richard had involvement in this. Because we find out, Richard has cheated on her several times. She's dealt with it. She's just like, you know, we're older. I'm not giving him very much, so Mm -hmm. just let him have his fun, whatever. I don't care. But the most recent affair he's been having has gotten serious. It's lasted several months. And she's suspicious now because the money is all hers. We've learned that since Mm -hmm. the beginning of the book. None of it's Richard's. And he signed a prenup. And so she knows that he knows if he left her, he would walk away with nothing. Mm -hmm. Alice had a private investigator hired. We find out who Richard cheated with. I wasn't 100% on Richard, but that was one of my theories. I did I did pick up on that because I just thought it was so weird. Why would you mention like so many times that it wasn't his money? Yeah. So anyways. I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, yeah. She gave little hints throughout the entire Trying to book. Demask dem- what is it? Dem- Demas- demasculate. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that word. Yes. <laughs> that I skipped. <laughs> So Alice knows too now. Richard set Marco up to take the fall, but he was planning on getting the ransom money. He probably already has the money that was stolen from Marco's botched exchange. And finally, someone calls the police. We also wait, we find out one more thing about Richard. His his company isn't doing very well either. Yeah. So he's over here getting on Marco's case about him failing in his company, but he's just trying to cover um, his his own company because yeah. he's not doing well. He's going down. That and run off with Cynthia. Oh, there it is. Oh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> he was cheating with Cynthia. So we haven't talked about who he was with yet. Oh, Cynthia. Oh, Cynthia. Yep. She keeps coming into the picture. Poor Graham. So my well, thought not really here, poor Graham. well, actually, my thought here was Cynthia and Graham could have been playing Richard. Mm. We don't get confirmation of that ever yeah. through the rest of the book. But I was like, we already know that they have their whole thing going on. Yeah, she's obviously money hungry because she wanted to blackmail Marco and Anne. Yeah, maybe Richard like told her about a plan or something mm-hmm. and Graham is in on it and he's fine with it. Cause in the end, Richard is going to be out of the picture and her and Graham are going to come away with money. I don't know how much Graham would know though, because he was very weird about showing the video. Yeah. But that's different. If, if Richard would have been successful with getting all of his money, sharing it with Cynthia. Yeah. Richard's not going to out himself to the right. police, so it would have been fine for them because there would be nothing leading coming them back to, on them. Yeah. yeah. So that mm. that was just a theory I had, but obviously, yeah. again, we don't know. Maybe there's something there. We don't get a lot of backstory about Richard and Cynthia's relationship, but I was like, probably Cynthia because she's, you know, weird. Yeah. And money hungry, so... um. Anne decides to stay over at her parents' house. Marco leaves. And she wakes up in the middle of the night seeing Richard or hearing Richard leaving the house and going into the woods. And Anne decides to follow him. I'm going to follow him in the middle of the night. (laughs) I'm just like, okay. What is with these people who are just so brave and are like, I'm going to go out into the darkness and into the woods with my dad, who I have strong suspicions that he kidnapped my daughter. 
yeah. So she finds Richard, and Richard has Cora back. Yay! Which Cora's is really alive. weird. Yeah. Yes. Well, we at first they kind of tried to play a trick on us and yeah. make it seem like she wasn't, which was really mean. I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't appreciate <laughs> but, it either. But what I am really kind of disappointed about was that, yes, so they got Cora back, but they didn't really go into a lot of detail of what the whole plan was like Richard's plan was and everything like they did talk about you know Marco's involvement and Derek and all that but they just kind of mentioned in passing that Cora this whole time was with his secretary who yeah. might have had some trouble uh money trouble or whatever Drugs. and yeah. drug issue and yeah they just kind of mentioned that in passing I was like well, yeah, bang. it would have been nice to get a confession or something <laughs> yeah. from Richard of like describing his whole master plan. Because Marco assumes now that obviously Richard had, you know, Derek meeting, meet up with him, mm-hmm. instigate the whole thing. Did they even talk about why Richard killed Derek? No, they didn't. Yeah. They only had a theory that Derek was basically going to backstab him and so richard didn't like that and killed him which is weird why do you just assume that (laughs) yeah i just assumed he just wanted all the money to himself so he had Derek do the dirty work and then it was his plan from the beginning would just get him on board and then get rid of him get rid of him yeah Hmm. so the next thing we know roshbach is at their house because yay alice thank you for calling the police Mm -hmm. finally somebody doing their job and um roshbach is arresting richard because he knows he's got enough from alice he knows he tapped the phone and the kidnappers did not in fact call so he's got enough against richard to arrest him and roshbach offers to strike a deal with marco so that he will help them in their case against richard my question for you guys is Richard more to blame than Marco? Hmm. And take the murder out of it. Take the take Derek's murder out of it. Just the straightforward kidnapping. Is Richard more, and I guess maybe that's why he's willing to strike a deal with Marco cuz Marco was just involved in the kidnapping part, but I mean Honestly, I think yes. I think they both are awful. I think Marco's awful for even if he was drunk at the time, he's still awful for doing that, even when he was sober and knew what he was doing. Um, but it comes down to Richard basically played him, and he instigated everything. He instigated, from what we know, um, Bruce going or Derek going and sitting and listening to Marco and his problems, telling him to uh, go to his father-in-law and ask for money and then Richard turning him down and then the same day you know him going back and talking about it and then him striking up the um plan basically yeah yeah Richard just took advantage of a desperate man a stupid desperate (laughs) irresponsible man so is Marco a villain in this book I think so yeah I think so yeah yeah I think he's like um so, you know, you have the main villain and then you have like their little minions. He's, he's, he's a minion. If he's not considered a, a villain to people, then he's just definitely genuinely stupid. Well, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. Well, that was it. We know what well, happened to Cora. 
Well, it's not really it's it. It's not what really happens? it. <laughs> then, wait, how did... Okay, I'm, I'm drawing a blank of how she ends up going back over to talk to Cynthia. Did because she just... she hears Cynthia We're talking over, about Anne. Yeah. Or Anne, yes. Yeah, Anne. She hears Cynthia through the walls, and she basically knows that... Oh, Alice ends up telling her yeah, that Richard was that having an affair with mm-hmm. Cynthia. And so she gets worked up because it's like late at night and she hears her wrestling and stuff over on the other side of the wall. And she gets heats up. She get she got heated up. She's about, like, I'm tired of her. <laughs> she's noisier she, than Cora. <laughs> she's like, she's going after my man. Now she's going after my father. <laughs> she's like, I'm sick of you. Basically, she was like, yeah, she's like, she didn't get to blame for anything. And so she goes over and basically... Um, confronts her, I think, about it or something like that. And it would have been all fine Mm -hmm. until Cynthia Cynthia opens her big trap. I knew. (laughs) I knew it. I was like, she's going to say something stupid. Yep. And she says that she, that Richard should have killed Cora because she's such a noisy brat and everybody would have been better off if Cora would have been killed, basically. And then she snaps. And snaps. And murders Cynthia, because the last scene we see is her, or Marco waking up and seeing all the lights flashing, sees, you know, the body being moved into the ambulance dead, because it's fully covered. And he walks out and sitting with the knife on her lap, full of blood. And she says, I don't remember. He said, what did you do? Honestly, I can't even imagine how terrifying Anne's face must have been in that moment because Cynthia literally like looked at Marco when he was being intimidating and is like ha 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 you know this is funny but the moment like Anne snaps like Cynthia knows and she screams and I'm like oh my goodness like I don't know you look at her I actually did start laughing at that moment just because she was she literally said what she said and I was like she felt so good about herself and immediately was like Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. No, no. no <laughs> like she knew immediately she messed up. Yeah. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. It's, it's a key and peel thing. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that's how it ends. So I get it. Like you guys were saying, Anne was bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. For this grand conclusion of she murders Cynthia. But I'm just like, really? Was that, I mean, that wasn't the point of the book, you guys. I don't know. I mean, that was my favorite part of the book. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for Anne's craziness to come out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. (laughs) (laughs) But my thing is, so now is it like they're going to, Cut. What do you guys think? They're they're gonna cover up the murder. You think that the police are gonna catch her? Like she's literally, man, right next door. I know. And, and then Cora gets left with the father who tried to ransom her in the first place. I I don't think there's a way out of this one because they are gonna be number one suspects. They know that she found out or that you know richard was having an affair with cynthia so yeah it's too coincidental that Plus she would have been murdered she had to have used one of cynthia's knives that she brought home with her for some- unless she planned to murder her all along and had it oh with brought her. it with her 
No, I don't think so, because it specifically brought out that Cynthia had a knife box. You're right. Right, yeah. The same knife The same, yeah. 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 Hmm. So, but could she be, could she, is there a loophole because of her dissociative disorder? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. We need a book, too. Although, that would be all we would want to know, right? <laughs> Two happened? pages in. We just okay, I'm good. to come out and tell us what she <laughs> What <thinks>. happened? <laughs> well, maybe it'll be about, like, what happens and then Cora just having a really good life, like, getting away from her parents somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's 15 years later. Cora's a beautiful young lady. Successful. <laughs> All right, so question for you guys. With the book being written from multiple perspectives, was this well executed or not? I think so. I like the way that she executed it because I think I mentioned this in the first half of the podcast as well when um, you had mentioned that you like first person better. Um, I thought that it was really good that she did third person because it kind of got into the perspective of knowing what is happening with the characters, but not knowing what's going on in their brain. So like with Marco, like if we knew like first person, what was going on through his brain, then we would have like known like, Oh, he has something to do with it. Same thing with Anne. I mean, but we find that out so soon. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like that's part of what I didn't like of the, execution of the perspectives that it was written from because again I have to call back to the book that I read someone we know that's again also by Sherry LaPena and it is written from this third person perspective again it's just so much more well executed I felt like with this book it just felt very repetitive repetitive of Anne thought went and did this or Anne thought this Marco thought this Marco went and did that and I'm just like it didn't feel I couldn't I didn't I wasn't able to get close with the characters also because it just felt so removed yeah I can see that I definitely feel like sometimes it was really quick paced too and it kept switching perspectives and it was a little confusing so I kind of wish that it would have been more of like just shorter chapters and then switching perspectives. That way you can kind of get in the mindset of, oh, this person's perspective is what we're going into. Instead of during like a one page, it could switch three different times of different people's perspectives. I was yeah. like, that's just a lot. Which I did look up when this book came out in comparison to someone we know. And this was like her... I want to say third book that she wrote and then someone we know came out maybe three books later, two or three books later. So I think that it just got better. Um, you know, the more she was writing and in someone we know, that's exactly what she does is there's more lengthier time that you're with a character rather than Marco said this, and then Anne thought this, and then Roshbach thought this, and, you know, so much of it all happening all in one setting, basically. I'm going to have to read it and and compare. Read it, yeah. yeah. I highly recommend it. I think I put it on our Instagram. I gave it four stars, just Mm -hmm. because there was, you know, it still had some kind of things about it that didn't really sell me on it, but it was really good, um, I thought, so... Yeah, maybe we'll have to talk about it on the podcast at some point as well. Yeah. Who are we casting? Mm, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I got to admit, my... I cheated a little bit. Uh-oh. I googled 
who would you cast in as Marco in the couple <laughs> next door? And lo and behold, there was a whole website about casting book characters, which really? is really cool. See, Marco, I had the one of the hardest times with because um, it said he was Italian, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know a lot of Italian actors. You know, it's funny. I specifically looked up um, Italian actors to figure Me out. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I did come up with somebody... Um, but I want to see if it's the same person that I came I, up with. I don't know. It might be. I have to figure out where I wrote it in my book. I don't even know if I did. I have it in my mind if I didn't Did you it know down. who it was? Yes. Like you recognize them? Yes. See, I didn't really recognize any of them. Um, the person that I came up with, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name correctly, um, Julio or Julio Baruti, which... I've never seen him in anything. It's just he kind of looked like he would... Like who you pictured. Yeah, who who I would picture. But, well, actually, that's a lie. I have seen him in something, but it's been a while. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh. But he didn't have a huge part in it. He was, like, Italian guy number two or How something. Do I don't Baruti? remember. Um, B-E-R-R-U-T-I. And uh, Julio J... Uh, sorry, G-I-U-L-I-O. He's got pretty eyes. What is it? Yeah, Wait, he does. It's right here. So I, from my cheat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I found uh, Milo Ventimiglia, which I was like, oh, yeah. See, I thought of Milo, but I was like, "Mm, is he, he's a little bit older than what the part would be. Because I think they were like late 20s, early 30s. I think in their 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Milo still looks somewhat young, though. Yeah. Know. But yeah, you got I think a point. he's moved on from the younger parts, though. Yeah, it's true. The other one was James Franco, hmm. which I'm like, I don't really picture him as yeah. Marco, but I can see him having that whole, like, I'm the kidnapper, and then, oh no, I'm freaking <laughs> out because my plan is not going according to plan. Kind of like Spider Man, I guess. Yeah. He's a little a tiny bit airheady in the roles that he plays. Yeah. Um, what about, oh, go ahead. Uh, I thought of, I don't know if you guys will recognize his name, but Jesse Metcalf. Yes. Who's, from, uh, he's she's the man. No, or, no, 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 no. From John Tucker must die. There we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I could see it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. He's a, he's getting a little up there too. I think though. Mm-hmm. My other one, I missed it was Dylan O'Brien. From the Maze Runner. I love Dylan. He's the main character in Maze Runner. And the reason Mm -hmm. why, because in the Maze Runner, he's young. But have you guys seen the Taylor Swift um, video with, um, it's from, with the girl from Stranger Things, the redhead. Oh, Sadie. Sadie Sink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift has a video with her and Dylan O'Brien together. Mm -hmm. And he's like kind of an abusive guy. Well, not really. I don't know. You'll have to watch it. But it kind of helped me picture him in this role. Interesting. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that video. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anybody else for Marco? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh. All right. What about uh, Anne? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. I... What is she from? Um, she she plays... She's... Oh, you don't watch Marvel films, do you? <laughs> Not super. <laughs> she... I... Um, Let's see what a oh, little woman she was. Was she an art? Um, the arrow, uh, not arrow, arrow was it? No, so she's Black Widow's sister. Yes, okay, that's yeah. what I meant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I 
And she's actually, um, I don't know what the name of the movie is, but she, there's like a movie that's coming out with her and Harry Styles. She's in that? Mm-hmm. Oh, She's okay. the main, main chick in that. Okay. Cause I was like, main I can't chick. really picture her in a, you know, this kind of thriller role, but yeah. No, I, yeah, I would love to see her in this movie. I had Victoria Pedretti and she's from you, the Netflix oh. show. Wait, she, she's the, she's. Oh, his lo- the um, um the love interest of she's love she's love. love oh yes okay yeah that's a good one and she can act normal and then she mm-hmm. can be crazy so I'm oh like, yeah. yeah that's a really good fit oh yeah <laughs> um, yeah I on, like that one a lot yeah on that website Blake Lively came up as well but I'm like oh, I don't mm. see that one as much Mm-mm. yeah what about you Ree did you have anybody no I had the hardest time thinking of someone for Anne. I yeah, really that was, come it up was a tough one. one. I had a tough one with all these. That's why I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that they came up with, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I came up with Dil- Dylan O'Brien by myself, though. So <laughs> credit to me. <laughs> what about Cynthia? Um, Alexandria Daddario. Another one. How do you pull these names? Why? So she was. She's been in a few things. I think I'm trying to think of. I need to watch more movies. More recent. Shows. <laughs> like yes. I think you would recognize her, Jasmine. I don't remember what she's been. I in. feel like I recognize her, but I don't at the same time. She was in. Um, she was in a movie with Zac Efron, and why am I Baywatch? She, oh, and okay. she's been in. Oh, she was in a, a few episodes of New Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's been in quite a few things. Interesting. Yeah, I could see her being that. I just pictured Cynthia needs to be somebody really attractive because that's her whole thing is being very attractive, luring mm-hmm. these men. So there was a few that they came up with. The first one that popped up was Kira Knightley. And I'm like, heck no. Mm-hmm. What? What? Who that's, suggested this? Yeah, that's a really weird yeah, but uh, two that I'm like, okay, I could kind of see this was Jessica Chastain was one. I don't know. I recognize her. I don't remember where she was from. The other one was Rachel McAdams, but I'm like, Rachel might be a little bit too old now. Oh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Um, But I was like, heck to the no on Kira Knightley. Yeah, no. <laughs> Any any other ones for Cynthia? Um, I had one for Cynthia. She's not an American actor, though. She's an actual, like, Italian actor. Oh. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I think it's it's something like Michela Quattrocorite. Oh, my gosh. Sounds so I exotic. Oh, she's really pretty. I could see that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because they were talking about her having really dark hair mm-hmm. and, bl- like, the blue, like, eyes, which is why I initially thought of Alexandra Daddario, because she has the very bright blue, big eyes and dark hair. Yeah, yeah. So. another one that came up was, was Megan Fox, but I'm like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like yours, Ree. She's, yeah. she's really pretty. I can definitely see that. Um, What about... Well, Graham, I didn't write anybody because he just wasn't a big enough part of this book. Yeah. yeah. Nothing even came up when I searched for it, and I couldn't picture anybody. So I'm just like, it'd be a, somebody random. Yeah. <laughs> They'll cast there. You're a throwaway <laughs> character. Yeah. But what about Richard? Richard's big in this book, so. I don't have anybody for Richard. When 
when his grandparents or when her parents Anne's parents were brought up for some reason I immediately thought of uh Gilmore Girls the grandparents from them <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I think it's because the grand the grandfather's name Lorelai's father his name is Richard oh and so I kind of like associated it because they're like grandparents Richard I was like oh <laughs> I can't picture that guy that dad being a bad guy though <laughs> can because he gets kind of aggressive during some episodes but like he's not a like a bad guy yeah but for some reason i could like for alice though i couldn't picture um the mom lorelei's mom for some reason i pictured um i can't think of her name and i didn't write it down but um well i had for alice skipping to alice really quick was uh michelle pfeiffer came up and Patricia Clarkson, who was also in the Maze Runner, she was the like the head honcho of the whole organization. Um, and for Richard, I had Don Johnson and James Spader. See, James Spader, I just I love him. He's yeah. such a good actor. I've been watching. Have you guys ever seen Melissa and Joey? sitcom no so well i've been watching that recently and um her father and that is christopher rich i don't know i just like the way that he talks Mm. and he's kind of handsome yeah i could see him looking like a good guy and then turning into a bad guy Mm -hmm. yeah he kind of had his voice too you can kind of tell like he's like a really smooth talker and you can kind of tell that he would be like really good at charming and then like switching up yeah 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 i remembered jamie lee curtis no. No? For Alice? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I can't see it. <laughs> How come? I, just, I don't know. I just don't see it. She's. I can't picture her in a thriller type movie. I don't know. Hmm. Even though, did you guys know that Jamie Lee Curtis's mom was the woman in Psycho that got murdered? No. Yeah. Hmm. Fun fact. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. Truth bomb. All right. <laughs> How many stars out of five do you guys give the couple next door? Hmm. I'd say yeah, I'd give it like a four. Okay. Yeah, I would give this a solid four, I would say. I gave it a three. Oh. <laughs> but you guys know why. You yeah. guys heard my my soapbox on that. So I think yeah. if um Anne hadn't snapped, it would be a three for me. Because <laughs> I'm like, there had to be some payout for that. And I feel like it all leading up to this point. And they did make it pretty evident throughout the whole, like from the very beginning that there was some tension between her and Cynthia. So yeah. I'm like, if they didn't pay out on that, then I would have probably given it a lower rating. But um, yeah, I would say with, with that, and I was kind of disappointed with the lack of um details on the plan and everything yeah but um yeah i'd say it's a pretty solid four for me i think just a simple shift of when marco was revealed to be involved would have made a big difference for me like that just killed it for me i feel like so would you wanted it to be in like the second half of the book yeah even if it was just like a little bit later just Mm -hmm. you know just a tad bit but it just felt like we're halfway through. Here's Marco being involved. Yeah. 
And then it just made me, like you guys know, lose interest in Anne, made me lose interest in anybody, really. Like, we, I still knew somebody else was involved. It just, yeah, lost it for me right there. Yeah. So, it's okay. You win some, you lose some. I mean, you, in my, in, for me, this is a very well-rated book, so yeah. it's a me thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the beauty of, you know, being able to have a variety of different books is, you know, there's something for everyone, and not everyone's mm-hmm. going to like the same things, and, you know, for you, this one just wasn't it. So. Yeah, but I'm also disappointed that I couldn't find a word of the day out of this second half of the book. Can't help you there. Did you have one, Reed? I might have one. We know Alyssa can't because she's going to skip right over it. But um, And then I'm also disappointed that I couldn't find a good quote out of this book either. Yeah, I didn't find one either with a quote. Yeah. I got a couple written down because, like I said, I'm not a wordy person. So semblance. Okay, semblance. Like a semblance of rationality. Like uh, any... Any occurrence or any identification of something, right? It says the outward appearance or apparent form of something, especially when the reality is different. Yeah. But then I have another one. I don't know how to pronounce this one. I think it's Fegu. Oh, good one. Yeah, I did see that and I didn't take the time to look it up. Mm. F-E-G-U-E, right? Yeah. What did that mean? That's a state... Or period of loss of awareness of one's identity, often coupled with uh, flight from one's usual environment associated with certain forms of hysteria and epilepsy. Was that describing Anne or Marco? Because I feel like it could fit both. (laughs) I think it was describing Anne. Interesting. Well, good job, Bree. Thank you for bringing us word of the day. I'm going to say that my quote, just like the last book, it wasn't really like a profound quote it was just more i'm gonna tell him mark everything (laughs) i tell mark almost everything um mine is just gonna be cynthia's epic uh screw up of her (laughs) saying um what she said about cora and immediately uh realizing that she messed up (laughs) that's a good one all right so next week we're gonna be jumping into a different genre We've had all of our suspense thriller books so far, but next week we're going to be talking about Alyssa's pick, which is All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover. I just got to say, being on Bookstagram, Colleen Hoover dominates. Like, everybody posts about Colleen Hoover. Everybody loves Colleen Hoover. I love Colleen Hoover. I did not hear of Colleen Hoover before we started deep diving into books. Yeah, I think her, again, I... I feel like I mentioned this book so many times on this podcast already, but it ends with us, I think, really like jumpstart people getting into her books um, because that like I'm I'm just so excited for us to t- discuss that book um, eventually because it's such a good book. Thanks for joining us with this week's podcast. Let us know what you thought about The Couple Next Door. Tell us your theories, any thing that you would like us to talk about we will definitely who's the true villain and who's the hero <laughs> of this book yes if there's a hero of this book i i guess it's alice so. huh oh yes alice it's alice yeah let us know what you think <laughs> but thanks for joining us again this week we will see you next week bye okay bye bye, bye.
Thank you for listening to Books Between Sisters. If you are a book lover and enjoyed our discussion, we'd love to hear more from you. Please feel free to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or both at BBS underscore pod. You can also send us book suggestions or questions at booksbetweensisterspod at gmail.com. Or if you'd like, you can find us on ko-fi.com forward slash BBS podcast if you want us to buy us any coffee, books, or just donations of any kind.